Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, goodbye, hello, I don't really know anymore. So, yeah, uh, this is episode 23, recorded on May 18th, 2019. Um, I'm, I'm your host tonight, Mrs. Ivan. I'm Elamist. And although we could sit here and try and do a Hyven impression all afternoon, night, whatever this is long, we're not going to try. He's just simply not here with us tonight. He is under the weather. Um, he sends his regards and is disappointed because he is excited about this topic. But um, Well, honestly, considering th- this is also related to the very first episode that we did. Yeah, and it's the first of the new lore cards we've been talking about doing. So there's a lot of fun things happening. Um, Well, and let me go ahead and introduce the topics that we know we're talking about. Tonight we are doing, by um, vote on Twitter, a man with no name. We had 27 votes. Um, It looked as of like a day ago we were going to be doing um, Every Rose of Thorn, until we got about eight additional votes, and it popped up to a man with no name. So it looks like that's what we're going to be doing this week. Um, we will definitely continue to be doing polls for sure. Um, as far as whether or not we're going to go ahead and do a Rose of Thorn next week, I don't know just yet. Um, since it did seem to be pretty popular out of the options and then move on to new options, we're going to discuss that, and it'll just be a surprise for you guys next week. Or not. Um, maybe I'll post another poll, and then you'll realize that's not what's happening. So, we'll see. Maybe I'll announce it. Who knows? Really fly by the seat of our pants here. Um, <laughs> but, yes. Anyways, Hyven's under the weather. He is sorry he can't be here. But, let's be honest, it's probably going to cut out like 30 to 45 minutes of rambling. Just kidding. We love him and we love his input and we'll miss it greatly this week, but we should have it back next week. <laughs> Completely um, agree with yes. everything there. <laughs> so this week we're going to, you know, th- this is going to be the gang this week. We always joke about it, but now it's weird that we have it. Um, it's going to be interesting. Be yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, there's no Elemist Hyven riff offs of, you know, just uncontrollable lorgasming. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be elements with, all, elements with all the information and me just like trying to connect the few dots I can. Um, so we're going to see how this dynamic works out. And we hope you guys enjoy it. Because um, this is what you're stuck with this week. <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a better explanation. <laughs> all right. So that we're going to move into our podcast news. Um, let's see. Well, for starters, we hit over 2,000 listens, which is kind of awesome. We typically rank around about 100 listens an episode, so we were about due for that. So that's pretty cool. Um, pretty exciting. But with that being said, guys, we rank about 80 to 100 listens per podcast. We only had 27 votes on the polls. So, I mean, come on. If you're not on Twitter... Just shoot us an email and say, hey, don't know when you guys are going to be doing this one, but this is my preference. And if you are on Twitter, or the Twitter, as Hyven likes to call it, <laughs> you know, just 
Just tap. We're going to probably stick with the Twitter polls, by the way, um, instead of anything else. We've just found that that seems to be the best option. Um, it's just convenient. It's right there. It's a simple click. It's something that I can retweet pretty easily throughout the week um, because I understand I'm the same way. If it's not right there for me to click on, it, it's just not happening. Like, heck, even if I have to search yeah. for somebody's page to click on stuff, sometimes it's not happening. So I will try my best to continue to retweet it daily. That way it's popping up freshly on everyone's page um, so everyone can vote on it and get a chance. Because like I said, we only got 27 um, votes this week, which is great. That's about one-fourth to one-fifth, like 20, 25% of our, you know, listeners. So that that is great, and we love that, and we appreciate everyone who voted. Um, but we definitely want to hear everyone's voice um, because for all we know, the other – 80, 75% actually really wanted the dust and that just didn't get, uh, <laughs> didn't get its recognition. That just didn't get the love. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we really can't emphasize it enough. Uh, just, you know, touch base with us on Twitter, even if it's just clicking a poll, sending a message. Um, and like, like we said last week, send the hate mail to the email. <laughs> I can but, take uh, it. Yeah. But I'm too mean. If you send me hate mail, it's just going to be all sass back. Trust me. Elements will give you a much nicer response. <laughs> but, but yeah, so just uh, just let us know where you guys are at. We we love doing this. And we want to make it as enjoyable as possible for all of you guys. Um, and part of that means I should stop rambling and get on with the next point. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's actually about it for podcast news. No hype in this week, 2,000 listens, continue with the polls, and as always, feedback. Um, Twitter, at guardians underscore lore. Email guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. And as always, feel free to review us on um, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Google Podcasts, I think is what it's called now. Um, yeah. Because they got hip and made it easier for us podcasters. Um, side note, kind of has nothing to do with this podcast, but Hyvin's not here to regulate me this week. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Today I was talking it's to this little old lady. Unfiltered. Exactly. Today I was talking to this little old lady. She knows both Hyvin and I pretty well. She's like 77, 78, and she's adorable. And today I was talking about how I randomly will record Hyvin, especially when we're in the car, because he says the funniest things. Um, and just does the funniest things. And I was telling her about this today when I saw her. And um, she was like, it's so cute. This is an old lady who has like no concept of like the internet whatsoever. She was telling me she needed to look up someone in the yellow pages to come out and fix her grandfather clock. Like if that's not the oldest statement you've ever heard, I I just don't know what is. Uh, <laughs> and, but then she hit me with, Hyvin should start his own podcast. I wanted to be like, well. <laughs> but it's, it's not funny that, that you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. But part of me was like, eh, no, because, you know, like, this is not a comedy podcast for Hyvin. Um, <laughs> but seriously, my husband's freaking hilarious. Anyways, moving on. No filter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was ironic to me. Okay, so stuff you may have missed in Destiny. Here are the bullet points that I will read and Elemis will elaborate on. The last Iron Banner for the season. I do call it Iron Banana. So, let's see. This here 
gives me a bullet point specifically to honor the monologue that shall follow from Elemis, because I have nothing to say. And go. <laughs> so, it's the Iron Banana, where Lord Salad Bar takes over the Crucible Blue Cheese from Lord Snacks one week out of the month. Yeah. That was perfect. So many puns. Again, hashtag unfiltered, no hive in this week. <laughs> All right, and our second tab is this week's TWAB showcased a lot of nerfs depowering to the exotic weapons and armors. And while I could not tell you exactly a lot of the specifics, A, I'm sure Almas can, B, we just told you where to look it up because you can go watch that video or other videos of YouTube people talking about things, I think. I think TWAB is something they can go look up. But you can definitely go look up on the YouTubers. And C, because I'm pretty sure I'm on a third point here. So C, while I might not know, the sp- not know the specifics, I have been very educated this week because that's all I've been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so just so you know, Mrs. Ivan, TWAB stands for This Week at Bungie. Ah. It's, it's a, a weekly blog post that they, they oh. announce different updates or different content that's coming out. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. But yeah, there are, I do know, at least three major like growling in the background. Three major Destiny YouTubers who have touched base on that. Um, I do know that for a fact because Hyven told me there was three and decided that he was going to save his favorite for last. Who the name escapes me right now, but it's the person that raided the desk that he is now buying for his PC. That's all I got. At this point, I could just start naming them off. Name me one that like, starts with, I think, an A. As to Cross? Yes, that one. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was his favorite that he said he was going to save for last, and that was the same guy who reviewed um, this amazing gaming desk that Hyven has fallen in love with and officially purchased today due to their memorial sale. So he's about to have, it's funny. Cause like in my mind, I'm like, Oh, he's about to have his like PC setup done, but it's like, let's be honest. That's never going to be done. Like, come on. We all know that. Right. He's already talking about the second monitor that he'll eventually need to get. And da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, a brief intro into our topic, and that's kind of crazy because for the last two months, the intro to our topic has been like, Mara, Mara, Mara. So, let's all just take a step back. We're coming out of the Awoken life, and we are going in to the Drifter. Not into him, that sounded really sexual. Um, Especially because he's a dude, so what does that mean? What are we doing? Anyway... (laughs) Well, like, you're taking it sexual, but I'm looking at it in a different way based on some of the stuff that I know from this book. <laughs> so anyways, it's like, that... Like, you know, his stomach. Oh, 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 <gasps> right? Isn't there... Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Anyways, moving on. I don't know if you heard my clap, but that was my... I'm getting serious. I'm going to read my bullet points clap. The entries are obtained by completing daily Gambit Prime bounties from the Drifter. Again, this book dropped a while back, so some of you may already have all of that. I don't really know. I don't know what you're doing. Also, for all I know, you hate Gambit. 
Hyvin's not a huge fan. So maybe that's why it stopped you from getting all of them. Anyways, not the point. Ishtar Collective is here for all of us. Next bullet point. Because this is a prequel to A Drifter's Gambit, a.k.a. Episode 1, we'll get to see the reasons behind the Drifter searching for a way to fight the light. So, without further ado, we have our lore book reading. Um, how many do we have? Two, three, nine. four. Oh, jeez. We've got nine. There we go. He already knows it, guys. Elmas knows all. <laughs> and Elmas will be our first reader. I know it's not that difficult to figure it out, you know, this week. It's him, me, him, me, him, me, yeah. him, me, him. There we go. That's nine. <laughs> I, I, I love how you leave first comment off. <laughs> yeah, because again, not necessarily. I didn't even write down the readers for the other one. I was like, we should just know that the other person read. I just wrote that you were reading first, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. This one's titled Heaven or Hell. For the breadth of my formative years, I had one goal find my, well, we all have our own word for them, my chosen. And every moment thereafter was dedicated to keeping him alive, whether he liked it or not. They were turbulent times before the last city, before humanity found hope for the future. I was prepared to kill for it, die for it. A ghost of the Dark Age. He opened his eyes in the night air and took an even breath. He wasn't sure how long he'd been asleep, but his immediate instinct was to run. He froze. The voice wasn't his. You have to run. The man stood up in the evening light. He looked down at himself and saw that someone had dressed him for his own funeral. He didn't laugh, but he thought it was funny. The voice continued. Can you hear me? Risen fight for territory in these highlands. We have to move. For the first time, he noticed a small drone buzzing in the air around him. A blazing eye at its center, glowing like a blue sun. It jerked its frame to the left, indicating the light of a faraway settlement. Head west. I have friends there. They'll help us. The man stared at the drone, frowned, and ran in the opposite direction. What? Hey! The voice cried out behind him. He fled into darkness, tall grass on either side of him, flying past. The only thing he could hear was his own breathing and the loud crush of the vegetation he trampled. He was surprised at how fast he was moving. The voice called to him again, far behind him. He heard the roar of the machine before he saw it. And he didn't feel a thing as it exploded out of the tall grass to the right and landed on him, crushing him beneath its bulk. He opened his eyes in the night air and took an even breath. You died, the drone explained, hovering over him. It was smeared with a dark filmy paste. I brought you back. He stood up and looked down at himself. Same clothes. Nothing hurt. The hulking wreck of the machine that had killed him sat in pieces a few meters away, inside a dark, sooty crater. The body of an armored man 
lay sprawled over the smoldering open-air cockpit, his helmet punctured by a small hole about the size of the drone. Are you ready to listen? Let me take you to my friends, it said. This region is full of raiders like this man, led by Risen like you. You've got a lot of catching up to do. What the hell are you? The man spoke for the first time. I'm your ghost. My only purpose is to support you, the drone replied. You work for me? In a matter of speaking, yes. Is this the afterlife? In a matter of speaking, the drone said, nodding at the western lights once more. Can we go? Not that way. The man headed in the opposite direction. The drone watched him trample the high grass and disappear. It stared up at the massive, disfigured orb that dominated the sky, then made a small adjustment to the orbit pattern of its modular armor. It hurried after the man. So first of all, I love anything where the ghost talks. Ever since ghost stories, I've just I've loved hearing like yeah. the ghosts talk to their, you know, guardians or risen or whatever they were called back before uh, the, you know, last city and everything. Um, so I really like this. I also really like stories where people are being, uh, you know, brought back for the first time. You can see that he talks about, you know, he's been dressed for his own funeral. Well, probably because they had one for you, buddy. Um, yeah. Also, just him running in the, op- like, let's go left, runs in the opposite direction. Oh, absolutely. Um, definitely, <laughs> definitely great. And I, I just find the, I find the behavior interesting. Because he seems to have a very similar reaction to a lot of people when they're first brought back. You know, that, like, run. But, like, right up, like, he froze and was like, wait a second. Let me catch what's going on around me. And, like, became very methodical, like, right from the start. Oh, yeah. Uh, This Guardian is, um, he's very methodical and, like, he thinks things through. Exactly. Even Even if it's an emotional decision, it's thought through. Yeah, and that's my most, probably, like, the best grasp I have of this Guardian, like, and of, like, the future version of him that we know, um... So that's why I find it so interesting that this was, you know, just from the get-go. Like, this wasn't something that was developed through, you know, years of crashing and burning and all this. Like, no, this just, like, this was it. Which also leads me to wonder, you know, was this potentially a large personality trait that he had? That he kept from his previous life? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? Potentially. Um, so, you know, it just, it makes you think, makes me think about things that we don't and probably won't have answers to. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I definitely find that to be very interesting from this card. The one thing I want to point out, right when it's the ghost says you died, there's a line in there. It was smeared with a dark filmy paste. Oh yeah. Cause then it talks about how that guy has a hole in his armor helmet the size of the ghost 
So quite literally, this ghost killed Arisen. Yeah. Like, and has his, like, brains on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a badass ghost. Right? All right. Anything else? Uh, That was the only thing I wanted to point out, because that's good. It's a good thing to make mention of. All right. Our next card is titled Dogma. He had been reduced to crawling. His ghost cut serenely through the air above him. What the hell is wrong with me? He demanded of the ground. You're dying from starvation, Ghost said flatly. I don't believe you. He sneered as he dragged himself over some rocks. I could fix you, Ghost said. I don't need you, he said. I got this. You're not going to pick a name? Ghost asked. Everyone picks a name. You talk too much. Some people pick names for their ghosts, too. What should I call you? If you don't want a name. He had passed out. The sun beat down directly overhead. A sneering marble in the sky. He died a day later after a scorpion stung his prone body. Ghost allowed it. A complete restart would be less complicated. He opened his eyes and took an even breath. What should I call you? Ghost asked. He looked at it as if considering, then down at his hands. He's still hungry. Love it. Love it. Oh my God. Love it. But like, this is the very beginnings of, of, of this guardian's fetish with eating things. Like, I know it's funny to say it that way, but, I mean, he has lines in-game about him eating Hive. And no, how they I, have I, a nice, nice crunch to it. Yeah, no, I did know that. So, like, this is the very beginnings of that. But, yeah, no, I loved this card. Um, just, I don't, there's just something about cards with ghosts that are always just so freaking humorous. Well, and, like, you're able to see the actual personality of the ghost and the actual personality of the guardian because, you know, it, it, it it's like they're soulmates. Yeah. Well, we've talked about that. We've talked about the relationship yeah. between a ghost and their guardian, and there's definitely a very special bond there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And I, and I find it sad that, like, his ghost saw the scorpion sting the body. <laughs> I find it the, hilarious. And the ghost is like, this is less complicated. I just love, like, I was reading it, and I was just, like, like expecting him to let his ow. ghost, like, fix him. And then it was just like, he died a day later. <laughs> right? And when he comes back, the ghost just picks the conversation right back up where he left off. Like, what the hell am I supposed to call you, you stubborn ass? <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's just how he figures this goes. He's like, dude, my freaking light and toll inside me told me to resurrect you. Don't make me regret this decision. <laughs> it's it's almost like if you were to call somebody up right now, start an argument, and then hang up, and then call tomorrow to continue the argument. You say that like I wouldn't do that exact thing to Hyven. Oh, I, I, I plead the fifth on that. 
<laughs> oh my. All right. I'll be handling the next card. Home part one. The light is no gift. It takes everything from you. Makes you forget. Not just your memories, but how to live. A dark age drifter. Eaton received its first visitors in years. Germain watched the armored men and women climb down from their silver transports. They were risen, beings said to be unkillable, and they fought against each other in a war without end, somewhere beyond Eaton's borders. This particular group, the Iron Lords, represented new ideology and claimed they fought to put an end to the fighting. Led by a man named Dryden, they had paid each family in Eaton several months' worth of supplies and rations to stay the week. They planned to stage an ambush on another of their kind, known only as the Red Man. Two weeks ago, survival was in doubt. Now, because of the generosity of the Iron Lords, their little town would make it through the winter. Germain's friend, Judson, emerged from a neighboring supply shed and stuck a single finger in the air as the riders strode up. Germain chuckled and shook his head, but said nothing. How you living? Judson greeted the risen, holding his finger high. Settle down, Judson, Germain called out. Shut your hole, Germain, Judson returned, hands still in the air. Your name is stupid, and you're stupid too. Jermaine shook his head and grinned ruefully. Judson had warned the town against the arrangement, shouting to everyone who would listen that he'd take care of food, that the iron freaks would only bring trouble. He was a very good huntsman, possibly the best Eaton has ever seen and somehow produced deer, duck, and bull from the decimated hills. But even Judson had come up short for months. The war beyond Eaton had intensified. The adults went hungry so the children could eat. It wasn't a sustainable position. We'll be out of your way soon, said one of the Iron Lords, who nodded at Judson as he passed by. Her voice was as metallic and cold as her helmet. Judson spat and didn't take his eyes off them as they walked the length of the town to secure hidden positions around its perimeter. Okay. So I jokingly threw up my middle finger. But like as you continued reading that, I was like, oh no, that's that's definitely the one finger he has. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> How you living? Right? And then, okay, first of all, I think Jermaine is a really stupid name, but, like, the dumbest comeback. Shut your hole. Your name is stupid, and you're stupid, too. Well, I'm so right. glad we're back in elementary school. Right. Like, next, are you going to have them sell iCup? Like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> <sighs> it was just, like, because it's funny, because when you first said Jermaine, I was like, oh, Jermaine, Jermaine, Tito, you know. 
the Jacksons. Like, that's all I could think. And then I thought how stupid the name was. And then that's exactly what he said. But he said it in such a stupid way. I couldn't, I couldn't back him. Yeah. So, and I feel bad for Judson. He, like, wants to provide for his town, but he can't anymore. And now he feels like he's let them down because they've had to, like, surrender basically their town to these people for a week and like response to get these like rations and everything and like I feel like part of his manlyhood was just taken a little and he also feels like this is probably like really dangerous to the whole town I'm sure yeah and he's probably not wrong because let's be honest if you're a group of people planning an ambush to kill somebody else and you yourself cannot be killed I'm going to go ahead and say probably in that moment when you're only focusing on that guy, you're not focusing on the collateral damage of others who die and stay dead. Yeah. So Judson's probably not wrong. I, I, I would agree really with that starting assessment. to like the name Judson. Oh, it's an awesome name. Right? See, I really like the name Hudson. And Hyven thinks it's not yeah. a real name for like a child. I wonder how he'd feel about Judson. Like, I feel like it's a scholarly <laughs> name. Really? I feel like it's more of like a left brain name. Fair point. You know, I, I, think, I, I, could see I think that. I said that right, right? Like left brain's like the artsy type. Is that right brain? I think we all use our left brain and then we use our right hand. So I guess maybe it'd actually be more right brain because you know the left handers tend to be artsier. Am I saying that right? I, I don't know. I don't know. But you guys get what I mean. Yeah. You know, like the artsier, like musically inclined, like theater type. I'm not saying we have to do all three of those things. I'm just saying, like, one of those typically falls in with that. Yeah. Or some left-handers, like my cousin, are just weird. And that's not offensive, because he knows that. He's, like, probably the most, like, caught <laughs> person you'll ever meet in your entire life. But he's also, like, the best. <laughs> he really is. He really is. But, yeah. That has no point to this. I just really like Judson. Also, he spat right. at them. He spat at them. He you spat know if you at spit the Iron at somebody, Lords. First at of all, the like, Iron Lords. Dude, you're lucky they didn't kill you. Second of all, that is actually a misdemeanor offense in, in this state of Virginia. If you spit at somebody and they decide to press charges, I'm not saying that the judge might not throw that out when you go to court, but still, you can technically be charged with assault and battery for spitting at somebody. Really? So Justin better watch it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Although so think the... before you spit, Elemis. We live in the same state. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know other states' laws. <laughs> I kind of feel right. like I kind of feel like Texas would just expedite the entire thing. If you spit on somebody, they'll just pull out a gun and shoot you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's why we don't live in Texas, man. That's why we don't live in Texas. That's also why we live in the more city part of Virginia. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, it, this is just a bunch of iron lords coming in and, and they want to use the town. Um, so it's kind of ironic that we're doing this book during Iron Banner. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny, too. Although it should be noted that Saladin, who I called Salad Bar, is not a part of this group. He is a, he is an Iron Lord, 
but he's not in the group that is at Eaton. All right, all right. These are the fun facts we learned from Elemis that uh, I would not have for you. It's weird. With Hyven not here, I just feel like I'm on a Skype call with Elemis just chatting. Like, it kind of feels that way. It feels way less formal. It feels like we're just sitting around waiting for Hyven to like get his setup ready and like jump on. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's weird. It, 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 it feels like that, that 15 minutes before Hyven actually jumps on. Yeah, it's just, exactly. It's prolonged. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm sure like if you did one with Hyven, it'd feel like that like 15 minutes to an hour after I jump off. Yeah. And then if it was just me and Hyven, yeah, I mean, it's just normal, regular life. So nothing too interesting there. <laughs> just kidding. I love him. He's fabulous. Let's move on to home part two. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sir, this is awful. A dark age drifter. You was nine cycles old and visited often. She and her family lived next to Judson, and sometimes they sent her to Germain when their boisterous neighbor was too belligerent, as he was today. Germain didn't mind. Judson doesn't think it was a good idea to let the Iron People stay with us, she was saying. She paced slowly back and forth across the length of the shack stepping carefully over the game of cards Jermaine had laid out on the bare dirt floor. I know, but Judson says a lot of things. And sometimes you gotta be decisive. You see how much food they gave us? Jermaine said, placing a card down. A lamp flickered nearby, next to the largest pile of ration boxes this shack had ever held. Judson knows how to use guns. I've seen him. Maybe he can. No, no, he can't. Those things out there, you can't kill. Get that out of your mind right now. You kept pacing, frowning slightly as she considered it. More food is nice, but Judson thinks they're going to get us dead. I think he might run away, she said. He laid another card down. Appreciate what you get. Your parents were skipping dinner so you could have yours. The Risen solved that for us for a little while. We have to let them stay. She stopped pacing to consider it and looked up at the sheet metal ceiling. I don't want to die. You won't, Jermaine said. Why don't you go see what your parents are up to? I'm a little beat. Okay, she said, shrugging. She left. Jermaine opened a small box of water from the pile of ration packs and poured a tinful. You hadn't noticed because it was difficult to see in the flickering lamplight, but his hands shook. Judson's breath steamed in the night air as he shut the gate that bordered the town as quietly as he could. Shivering would mean shaking the rickety thing and waking up Yu's family. So he kept the handle grip tight as he pushed it back into place. He now stood on the pass out of Eaton Valley. As he turned around, he walked right into Jermaine. Didn't see you there, brother, Judson growled low, stopping just short of throwing an elbow into his neighbor's throat. He backed up a step. Just one. Where are you running to this late? Jermaine asked. Brother. What? Are you dense? Away from this, before the shooting starts. We gotta trust this Lord Dryden knows what he's doing, Jermaine said. Judson shook his head. 
You and all the deal makers are going to get this town dead. These guys are worse than the stories. You know how I feel about Risen, but they saved us this week. Justin sneered. No one ever believes it because Risen look like you and me, but they'll kill you without meaning to. Naturally, as breathing, they can't help it. They're looking to jump one man, just one. We gotta see this through. Even the Risen can contain a fight at that scale. You gonna move, or do I move you? Jermaine stepped to the side. I'm not the law, but where are you gonna go? There's nothing but warland out there, and their prey is coming. I'm a tracker. Kept this town fed for years before you got here. I'll be fine. And that other Risen won't care about one man passing through. I got nothing to hide. Just need to get away. If you all want to play bait for the wearing dead, have a nice life. Jermaine chuckled. What's funny? Justin sneered in a low voice again. I don't know how you do it. I almost admire you. How's that? You've got no fear. Have a nice life, brother. See you when I see you. Jermaine walked back to the gate. That's an interesting confrontation. <laughs> yeah. Considering it's late at night with no people around. Um, the one thing I do want to talk about, though, that first half of the card. With you? With you. Mm-hmm. Like... She's a nine-year-old kid talking about how she doesn't want to die. Right. And Jermaine's like, <clears throat> he's telling her, you know, I don't worry. You're not going to die. But, like, you can see at the very end of it that he, he's oh, yeah. shaking. He doesn't believe it. He's but, I mean, shaking. what else are you going to tell a nine-year-old? Right. Best case scenario, she doesn't die. You're right. Great. Worst case scenario, she dies. You die. Everyone dies. Everyone's dead. Like, right. I feel like those were his only two options. But, like, it, it's just, it's such a, a powerful scene to me. Because, I mean, he's comforting this nine-year-old, but she does, or he doesn't let her see that he's terrified. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird to me. Like, yeah, I, I guess... Yeah, like, I mean, it is interesting that he's, you know, freaking out like that himself inside, but is trying to keep it to himself. I mean, also, maybe he slightly regrets his decision, but I think he realized he was back into a corner and had no other option. So, I mean, they yeah. either die from this, um, or maybe live, because they do contain the fight, or they definitely die from starvation, you know? Yeah. So, he didn't really have a lot of options. This at least gives them maybe, like, a 20% chance of living. Yeah. So now here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. Based off of these first few entries, who do you think is the drifter? I mean, I think it's Judson. Okay. Because he's a tracker and he just leaves. And I feel like he ends up dead. Although, if he was alone, how would anybody dress him for his funeral? So then maybe it would have to be Jermaine. Unless plot twist, in the past life, he was a chick and it's you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think now I'm thinking maybe Jermaine because 
he would have had to have been in a town with other people to actually give him a funeral and dress him. Unless Judson goes off and does find other people and meets up with some other, like, tracking group, and then they throw him one. But let's be honest, they wouldn't really dress him for one out in the wild. Well, and, and I mean, who's to say that he didn't die, you know, 500 years ago? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anywho, so that's my thought. Um, it could be either or. Justin seems to more have the attitude of the drifter. But then again, like the whole dress for a funeral, I think maybe perhaps Jermaine because of that. Okay. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Okay. Like, I, I just wanted to get your opinion this early because we will find out who is who. Well, then. <clears throat> If nothing else, let's move on to part three so I can find out more. All right. I'm covering home part three. Who are you? Would you know me if I gave you a name? Your ghost made a fatal error. Couldn't catch it, but I confirmed it on Tracker. The hell is this? You think I'm one of you? Brother, you got another thing coming. How is it that I found one man... All the way out here, then. No food or water for miles. I manage. I have ways to make you tell us what we want to know. The Warlord campaign in this region never reached into the Southern Valley. Are there any settlements you know of nearby? Anything tucked away in the valley or inside the mountain range? You could tell me. Or I could start cutting. Might be you missed something. You're coming with me. I planned to scout the valley myself, but now I think I'll bring some friends. Jermaine's hands shook when the warlords, risen who conquered the land they found, brought Judson back to Eaton during midday a week later. Half the town came out to see them. One of the men wore red armor. That fit the description of the warlord that Dryden and his lords were waiting for. They say that one risen, reasonably armed, can annihilate an army. Two risen, assuming adequate cover for ghost support, can fight infinite armies indefinitely. Six warlords dismounted their machines in a line at the center of town. Weapons drawn. They dropped Judson on his knees in front of them. No restraints. He looked unhurt. Does anyone want to claim this runt? Asked the red man. We will, Jermaine said. People groaned. You tried to run to Judson, but her parents held her back. A question first, said the red man. Where are the Iron Lords? We saw one of their ghosts. One of these? He tapped the bladed carapace of his own drone companion as it floated past him, its eye fixed on the townspeople. They like to meddle. Maybe they helped you, brought you some food. It would explain how you survive out here in this wasteland. But I can guarantee you, their motivations are not in your best interest. The red man paused, 
scanned the crowd as his ghost orbited above him. The Iron Lords are trying to disrupt the established order, and we're here to liberate you from them. You're under our care now. So, where are they? Germain shut his eyes a long moment. When no one else spoke, he decided he would. You're right. They were here, but they're long gone. We paid them for supplies, and they moved on a week ago. Did they? The red man raised his hand cannon and shot Yu's father in the head. The entire crowd flinched and huddled together as the man fell backwards. Yu's mother cried out in fury, but held her child tight. Hand to my heart, Germain said, holding his breath as he waited for the hidden Iron Lords to make a move. The red man held his gun in the air, watching the townspeople intently. The other warlords scanned the horizon, gleaming weapons at the ready. Judson took the pregnant pause as an opportunity to pull a fallen shock blade from one of the warlord machines. He gave a triumphant yell and decapitated the armored risen closest to him. As the body fell, he jabbed the length of the blade through the red man's back. A third warlord pulled the glaive out of Judson's hands and stabbed him in the side with a gauntlet blade then hurled him backwards over the machines. All hell broke loose around Germain as the Iron Lords suddenly opened fire from their positions in the surrounding hills. The townspeople scattered as the fallen warlords rose in scintillating pillars of light, the weapons in their hands roaring to life and spitting tracers. The ghost watched from high above the chaos. Over the ages, it had gotten very good at hiding, it had gotten very good at all the peculiar things its chosen had asked it to learn. Down below, gunfire and explosions of light tore through the collection of huts and shacks. The townspeople fled for their lives in the midst of fire and otherworldly flame as the Iron Lords finally abandoned their sniper positions in the hills to close in on the warlords at the town center. Through it all, the ghost saw one of the men emerge out of the discharge of an errant explosive device, cradling the body of a child. He moved to relative safety behind one of the shacks and knelt down, holding an ear to the child's face. She was trying to speak. One of the armored riders in the town square raised a heavy machine gun in one hand, and raked the length of Eaton with golden tracers. The ghost lost visibility of the townspeople as the hail of machine gun fire filled its vantage point with a rolling cloud of dirt and dust. The annihilating, sense-shattering explosions came soon after, and the ghost increased its elevation. It waited until long after the battle had died out and the surviving Risen had all left before lowering itself back to Earth. It wasn't even sure which side had won. It didn't matter. The day had turned to dusk. So first of all, I'm in love with the story writing. 
I love when we have just like amazing books. Oh my god, yeah. Second of all, so much of me doesn't even want to comment. I just want to move into part four. (laughs) But no, I mean, I was just like, okay. Prior to this evening, never read this book. Never heard any of this story. Um, No connection. In the matter of less than, you know, an hour's time, of reading this story, here I am, like, distraught at the sight of Yu's father being killed and her mother screaming out as she's holding her child. Like, I mean, you can just picture all of this. It's weird. I picture a lot of Destiny scenes as either, like, sci-fi scenes or anime. Like, there's no in-between and it's not normal. This (laughs) is, like, anime, small town in the hills kind of look um, to me. Um, But, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I'm so distraught by this card, and I shouldn't be feeling this much emotion to a story I have, like, 30 to 60 minutes worth of investment in. Right. That's just how good the writing is. We're just four cards in. Yeah. And I feel this so freaking hard. It's like Ava Levante. Like When I felt her just, like, so hard, you know? And yeah. the writing, I know it's so just well, something like, else. The the thing about about this that I've I've picked up on. I mean, at this point, you, the nine year old little girl, has only been a character for two of these cards. And like in that, like fifteen seconds worth of dialogue, if that. Right, but. Because of how much she means to the main characters of this uh, part of the story, like we felt her father's death. Yeah, didn't even know the guy. <laughs> like, like, not even he, in the cards was he mentioned. Like, like he was unnamed man number one. Yeah, but we felt that death. Yeah, That's crazy. Gosh. Are you moving in? I just, I want to keep going. Yeah. I'm yeah. in love with this. Let's, let's right. do it. Yeah, home part four. The man opened his eyes and took an even breath. Almost nothing was where he remembered it. Eaton was gone. Placid and paved. Mid-climate was the only reason the shacks and huts that made up most of the town remained standing. But the storm of light versus light had left scorched earth and shadows behind and the bones of the dead it was a blood red dusk ghost hovered above him the man looked down at his hands he tried to chuckle but coughed instead are you all right ghost asked he stood up straighter than he had in a long time easier to seem like people when you slouch Jermaine, Ghost asked, that's not my name. You let them call you that. The man turned to look at his ghost. It's not my name. One of the warlords mentioned seeing a lone ghost. Did you get sloppy? Ghost nodded. I'm sorry. I was scouting a new livestock route for you, and I got carried away. I don't ask much said the man, shaking his head. 
shovel, get me one. Go scan the debris and ash to find a charred spade, lifting it with a lasso of light. The man slowly gathered all the bones he could find and began to dig. The child, you, Ghost continued. Stop talking, he replied. What did she tell you? You were speaking to her at the end. He didn't respond. It would be lifetimes before he told Ghost the answer, but he would remember. You could have helped her. The shovel hit the dirt harder. I told you to shut up. You could have saved them all. The man had nothing to say. He must have been making more noise than he thought, because just as he finished digging a grave big enough for the bones, a voice called out. He dropped the shovel, stared across the vacant town square at the smoldering ruin of the Diaz barn. Eaton was dead. No point in keeping a secret any longer. He crossed the distance at a speed and ease that would have shocked his neighbors and rounded a corner to find Judson on the ground, leaning against the barn door. There was a cannon in Judson's hands, and his eyes opened wide when he recognized the man and his ghost. Judson lifted the gun with a shaking fist. His other hand clutched a dark stain on his side. He's lost a lot of blood, Ghost said, the light spilling across the scene. You were one of them all along? Justin sneered. The man chuckled. All my lives, brother. You got us killed. You son of a... The man kicked the firearm out of Judson's hand with no urgency at all. He knelt down to point a finger. No. No. That one's on you. Those warlords caught you. What else were they going to do? I wanted to stop you from leaving, but I didn't think I had the right. Judson reached out to grab his throat. The man caught his hand in a vice grip instead. A crushing handshake. Judson frowned and struggled, but he was exhausted. Dying. And the man had strength that bellied his frame. The man lifted his other hand, smoldering from a solar glow, and held it against Judson's wound. His former friend managed a high-pitched wail, but couldn't break the man's grip though he tried and tried. The man nodded at Judson, addressing his ghost. Do you see how he never gives up? Because he knows this one life is all he has. No fear. Those risen out there, the man finished cauterizing the wound and used his suddenly cool hand to wave indiscriminately into the darkening light, darkening night. They'd be long dead if they were him. All they know is war. This man survives. Judson made a gurgling sound. He had stopped struggling, but the man kept a grip on his hand. You wanted me to save them? Even if this works, he can never show me how to live. Not like he lives, and that's on you. Ghost watched, but made minute adjustments to his orbiting armor and sent light-based scans cascading across the ruins of the town. If there were lingering warlords or iron lords nearby, they would have to run. The man stood up. Judson was dead. Maybe you should have told him you were bringing livestock in from a hundred leagues away and releasing them for his catch, Ghost said. I mean, did you see how happy he was? How they all were? They got to eat, the man replied. Give someone something to chase and you give them purpose. You're pathetic, 
Is this what you aspire to be? A perennial liar who plays house with refugees? These people are dead because of us. I lived here as one of them. You could be so much more. Let me show you how powerful your light can become. The man walked past his ghost and brought Judson's corpse to the center of town. As he began digging again, he noticed the bloated, spherical husk that dominated the sky. It had been out of his life for a while, but it seemed a lot closer to Earth tonight. He raised a hand to salute it with a single finger as Ghost looked on. How you living, he said, and gave a smile to the heavens that ended at his eyes. What the hell just happened? Well, he flipped off the traveler. Um, so. But I mean, also just in general, what the hell just happened? So we found out that it's actually Germain. I see what you're saying now. He could have died 500 years ago. You're saying that he was like, uh, risen all along, just living as a normal person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that was the biggest thing. I mean, he is immortal, but he's choosing to hide it and live among people. He wants to have the life that they have. He made that pretty clear. Yeah. He even said it, you know, if the other warlords and iron lords weren't immortal, they would die almost instantly just because them not having that fear has death has made them reckless which is interesting because i mean let's be honest how many times have we done stupid things in game because we can be reckless oh all the time yeah so yeah it's just kind of crazy to think about and how he was talking about how no matter basically how many normal people he lived with and how many of these towns he stayed in he would never truly learn how to live from them as long as he was this immortal being and he blamed his ghost for that i don't think i've ever seen somebody so pissed off at this gift but i guess it is kind of a heavy it's a heavy burden that like like i didn't ask ask to be risen and now all of a sudden you expect me to go and fight and constantly just be a part of violence non-stop and and to defend this thing that nobody understands yeah how you living (laughs) right like i get it i really do and like i I just i i love the fact that we're seeing the beginnings of like why the drifter is so against the light yeah because this entire village that he was living with just got annihilated because the light was given to people who abused it. Yeah. I feel really emotional after this card. You okay? Yeah, I just it kind of like hit hard. There's personal it's weird, personal minor personal applications in my brain as well um, to my own life and it's just kind of like weird that a science fiction fantasy game lore based <laughs> card could affect me in such a way and could touch me in such a personal way and it's so weird 
It it is. I mean, it's but... happened before, but it doesn't matter how many times it happens. I don't think I'll ever get used to yeah. how much the bungee writers can truly write something on a page that reaches out to me at such a personal level. Oh, absolutely. It's and beautiful. It, it is. It's beautiful. <laughs> and like, even in some of the most mundane parts of the card, like Jermaine is, is looking around at the people and gathering up the bodies and the bones and he's honoring and, them. Yeah. Like he's digging them graves. He's dignifying them. These weren't just people he was living with to hide. These were people yeah. he was truly spending his life with or that portion of his life while he could. Because he wants that. He wants normal. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it just, it, it hits you. Yeah. You know, but I think it's something we can all really understand. We all want normal. Yeah. There's no such thing as normal in this world. But we all strive for it. And when we can find that little piece of normal, we get it. I think a lot of us have had it taken away from us, just like Jermaine just did. We understand that heartbreak of losing what was our normal. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. It's crazy. And then trying to find that new normal. I mean, it's why as a people, we don't love change. We get comfy in our normal. We feel safe in our normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, should we just move on? <laughs> yeah, before we just like tailspin here. Right. <laughs> crazy oh man so what three more yep three more war yep. all right well all right let's dive into the emotion next entry is titled loose ends part one i never forgive and i never forget i live a hard life sister a dark age drifter Wu Ming's bar wasn't always bustling but it was this afternoon. Wu served anyone who could pay, but his clientele were often risen. Not because he provided a menu particularly suited to them, but because he had built his bar at the foot of a mountain called Fellwinter Peak. Fellwinter was a former warlord, the only one, it was said, to hold an entire mountain all by himself. He now rode with the Iron Lords, and Fellwinter Peak was staunchly the territory of the Iron Wolves. They had never given Wu permission to build the bar. He had never asked. Almost to a person, the patrons tonight were without ghosts. High winds and inhospitable cold meant those without ghosts rarely visited. But tonight, Word had reached the general population that warlords were back in the region. No shots had been fired. Not yet. But it was enough to get every poor, lightless wretch from miles around into Wu's bar. Where chances were an iron lord or lady might be having a drink. Wu Ming didn't mind. The door swung open and a trio of armored figures marched in from the cold. 
Welcome to the end of the world, greeted the serving frame. The warlord shouldered past the 5530 and headed straight for Wu Ming at the counter. What can I get you? Wu asked, giving a smile that ended at his eyes. The leading warlord, a hulking man with shoulder guards larger than his brain, grunted, Food. Everything you have. Wu raised an eyebrow. Sure, that'll be, well, a lot of glimmer. You don't understand, the giant man said, grabbing Wu by the lapels of his storm coat. Give us everything you have in the back, or we'll gut you and eat you alive. Hey, Saiten, a woman's voice said. Pick on someone your own size. All eyes turned to a helmeted figure standing a few feet behind Saiten. She only came up to the giant man's sternum. Lady Aphrodite, Saiten muttered. Wu Ming's gaze went from the Iron Lady to the three warlords positioned around the bar amongst his lightless patrons. He cursed under his breath and braced to duck. I that he knew a bar brawl that he, like, <laughs> Like needed to get out of the way of was about to happen. That was just hysterical. It's like, oh, f man, I'm gonna have to clean this up if I don't die. <laughs> right? Oh my god. Can we just talk about how like a woman who's like up Me? to <laughs> right, right, is talking to this Hulk of a man, saying, "Why don't you pick on someone your own size?" Like fierceness in a tiny package, I guess. Hey, I mean, it's why Kona and I are both so sassy. <laughs> Kona's best friend is my mom's lab pit mix. She thinks she's just as big as that dog. That dog is about seven <laughs> times her size. They uh, are BFFs. And she is sassy as I'll get out with her. Like, that's my toy. It's not your toy. I don't care that I'm at your house. That's my toy. And I'm taking it and you're going to let me. And I'm eight pounds of just pure feistiness. It's the same thing. It's me. I took off my heels today, and somebody was like, wow, you forget how short you are sometimes. And I was like, yeah, I'm always in heels. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are some high heels. I was like, yeah, people don't notice as much because, you know, I'm kind of a midget. When I wear heels that are four inches tall, it just makes me 5'7". So. <laughs> so people are able to actually look you in the eye. Yeah, sometimes still not even. <laughs> Oh but yeah, no. So I understand. You know, I'll have these clients who are like terrified of me. I have them always calling me. You know, well, funny enough, I was gonna say like Miss and then my gamer tag because they call me Miss and then my actual name. But that is my gamer tag. <laughs> it's Mrs. Hyde. <laughs> but yeah, they're like terrified of me, and they always put Miss in front of my name and act like I'm some like crazy debt collector coming after them or. One guy said I was the boss lady because I was always in charge. I'm the boss lady. And I'm like, I am just like an assistant here. But <laughs> to everyone else, apparently I like crack the whip. I didn't realize that. I'm 5'3", just all nothing feistiness. So I understand this lady. Because you know what? When you're small like that, you've got to. You've got to act big so people take you seriously. <laughs> Well, and, and so, like, funny enough, there actually is a story about Lady Ephrodite. Oh, yeah? 
Um, she picked Lord Saladin up and threw him like a spear. Nice. And then he uh, actually activated his super, which was a, a fist of havoc, the the Hulk smash mm-hmm. bit, and just came down on a tank. Nice teamwork. <laughs> right. So funny. Oh my god. Now what yeah. was what was funny about the, that is Shax is telling this and he's laughing. Because like it's it's totally something that he would just go ape <laughs> over. Well of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. So I just realized that's part one to a part two and three. So I guess we're actually going to get to see this brawl. Mm-hmm. So let's... Uh... And, and it's a brawl in the, uh, the end of the world bar. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read part two then. Wu Ming looked on as the warlord surrounded the lone iron lady. End of the world is the wolves' territory, Ephrodite was saying, and so is the entirety of the fell winter peak that changes tonight. A crescent of light arced between the warlord's open hands. I have an army of raiders and a fire team of risen waiting on my command. Fell winters lost his mind, siding with you lot. Underneath the helm, Satan's eyes flickered from the Iron Lady to his warlord Ali positioned behind her. The flanking warlord raised a massive hand cannon and thundered a bullet directly into Satan's chest as Aphrodite dropped to a knee. She swung her cannon to her right side with her left fist and let loose with a roaring double tap behind her, shattering the rear warlord's head. Wu Ming saw that she hadn't so much as looked. The third warlord's submachine weapon fired a spray of bullets that hammered the floor as Ephrodite rolled. Wu cursed inwardly as wood splinters went flying all over the room. People screamed. But it was already over. The third warlord crumpled. Ephrodite's solar knife had divided his head. Hold, the lady barked firing her cannon into the ceiling as three ghosts materialized above their charges. Bits of the wood fell on her shoulder, wooming cursed audibly this time. You know who I am, she shouted at the room. At this distance, I could shoot all of you out of the air swifter than you could ever bring your risen back. The traveler's children froze, their shells spinning aggressively in the air like metallic bees. You're free to go she told them, but you're risen, stay with me. Follow the Iron Decree, and you'll get them back in time. The ghosts looked at one another. Tell the warlords, she sneered. Fell Winter Peak belongs to the wolves. The ghosts left the the way their owners came. The bar patrons began murmuring. Ephrodite's ghost, always a quick thinker, started playing music, Lady Scory singing an old hymn. The patrons backed away from the three warlord bodies, 
but began chattering amongst themselves. The din of conversation gradually filled the room and built to a dull roar. Music helped. Is this why you asked me here? Ephrodite said, holstering her weapon. You said you had some business that paid. I did. You just finished it, he responded, reaching out with a fistful of glimmer. The Iron Lady stared down at it, gawking beneath her helmet. Who the hell pays you? I have means, Wu Ming said, chuckling. Stick with me, sister. I'll make you rich, I promise. She easily took the sapphire cubes out of his hand. Glimmer represented pure material potential. You didn't bring Fell Winter, Wu said. She eyed him. I told you he never comes down from the peak unless it's official Iron Lord business. What do you need from him? Hey, what are you doing later? Wu asked suddenly. Hunting fallen? They're becoming a problem at Boyle Pass. We'll be at it till dusk, Aphrodite said, lifting the helmet just above her mouth to grab a drink from behind the counter and swallow an entire mug of the malt Wu served. She belched and asked, Care to join us? Her smile just beneath the helm was all teeth. Wu chuckled. Nah, a mere mortal at a risen fight. I'd just get in the way. He thought for a second. Would you like to dance before you go? Nah, she said, imitating his tone. The helm came down. He cocked his head over the music, then leaned in to ask. Wait, what did you think I said? Would you like to dance before you go? She repeated. I would love to, he said, stepping forward, arms wide. She sidestepped him and kicked his leg out from under him. He went tumbling to the ground, and someone spilled their drink on him. I had to try, he called from the floor, watching her go. The plume of her helmet rose above the crowd and was already halfway out the door. Take the bodies, he yelled, still on the ground. It took him three hours to climb the peak that night. He was shivering in his long coat, and if not for his ghost, he would have succumbed to the cold long ago. Ghost was hidden, of course. The massive castle doors were already open when he arrived at the top. An exo, eyes glowing in its sleek black skull, stood just beyond them. It released whatever weapon it was reaching for inside its great coat when Wu Ming approached with his hands held high. I come in peace, brother. No. No. <laughs> no. So, so, this is like my favorite card of the entire book. No. We get an awesome fight sequence with Lady Ephrodite. Um, like to see this this little no. woman just kick. No. <laughs> Uh, and funny enough, she's a gunslinger. Uh, so she's a hunter class, and she uses the solar subclass. Um, My mind is just too blown right now. <laughs> Once the fight's all done, we get the best pickup line ever. Right? Like, what? It is the best pickup line ever like when i first read this it was from ishtar collective 
and I was on a bus heading home from work. I was in the back of the bus laughing. And yeah, kinda, I would have been too. People kind of looked at me weird. That's hysterical. Um, I need to read part three. So the last thing I want to cover. Yeah. Wu Ming, heads up, fell winter peak. And is actually met by Felwinter himself. Yeah. Uh, it was discussed earlier, but Isn't just to remind Felwinter's everybody. Felwinter's Peak like a, a raid or a mission or something? In D1, uh, it used to be a social space, just like how the tower is. Gotcha. I just you like, go, I remember the bounties, name. Bounties, that kind of stuff. Um, currently, it is a crucible map. Oh, okay. Okay, I was like, I know I know that name. Yeah, ask Hyven to show you Vostok. But yeah. My mind is so blown. Wuming makes sense. The drifter kind of looks Asian. And and actually with that in mind, his current getup is actually a funeral dress. Is <laughs> it? Yeah. That's so crazy. That's what he was risen in. Okay, we have to move on to three. Yeah, yeah. I need more. All right. Loose Ends, part three. It wasn't much warmer inside, though Felwinter's ghost had lit the fireplace for Wu. He sat across from the former warlord, both of them in massive gothic chairs. Who are you? Felwinter spoke first. Your neighbor. I live downstairs. Been trying to get your attention for a month, Wu Ming grinned. What do you want? Wu thought about it. I heard you kill. A necessity of life in this post-collapse existence. No, I'm talking risen. Final deaths. It's gotten real taboo recently. You Iron Lords are changing things. Who are you? I don't believe you've been honest with me. Felwinter's voice echoed through the chamber. Wu Ming leaned back and rubbed his temples. His hands shook. Felwinter stared unblinking. Wu had the feeling the Exo would sit, frozen in time, until he said something. Ghost? Wu Ming beckoned. His only friend in the world materialized out of the air. Is that supposed to impress me? Felwinter asked without a shred of irony. How else would you have survived the climb? Wu coughed. Ghost shook its head at him. Let me ask again then, Wu Ming said, straightening it to his full posture in the stupid chair. Will you break the Iron Decree? Will you kill for real? As a warlord, I did many things I'm not proud of. Under the Iron Lords, I adhere to strict rules of engagement. Felwinter said. His voice sounded hollow inside his armored skin. Ghosts are not valid targets. I heard you care very much about right and wrong. And the delivery of justice to those who deserve it. Felwinter's eyes glowed brighter. I can't think of a more human act. He said after a moment's pause. I don't know that anyone has a right to that. But I believe in revenge with all my heart. And I have a request, knowing that you do what you do. Felwinter tapped his chin. What are you asking me? 
Wu Ming told him a story about a long-forgotten town far away called Eaton, early in the age of Iron Lords. A lord called Dryden had brought food for the town's starving people, but in return asked to use them as bait to bring a local warlord into position for an ambush. This, Wu had learned, went against the code set out by Lord Radagast, the founder of the Order. Dryden had broken the rule of involving lightless individuals in Iron Lord business, because it was those people the Lords had unified to protect. The town had agreed, of course. What choice did it have? But the ambush had gone horribly wrong. The warlord target had brought a whole fire team to the fight. Eaton's erasure was utter and complete. Though Wu later learned that Dryden won the battle, he lost every lord under his command, ghosts and all, and he committed the additional sin of inflicting final deaths on the warlords he defeated in an act of bloodlust and rage. In the intervening years, Wu had learned that Dryden kept this under wraps, and that he and his ghost were now among the most decorated of lords, next to the likes of rising champions like Lord Saladin and Lady Ephrodite themselves. Fellwinter sat frozen in his chair. It was difficult to tell if he had registered any of what Wu Ming had said. How do I know you're not lying? The hollow voice asked finally. I have live recordings, Wu replied. His ghost transmitted a data stream to Felwinter's ghost, who nodded. Eden, who were these people to you? Nothing, just ghosts. You want revenge for people you care nothing about. Is the dark horse of iron for hire? Felwinter stood and politely motioned for Wu Ming to take his leave. Wu sighed, shrugged, and left the chamber. He had a long climb ahead of him. The Exo parted his coat and drew a long, bronze shotgun from his side. What do you think? His ghost asked. Call Lord Dryden. Prepare my iron banner arsenal. My mind is so blown. First of all, <laughs> before we get into everything else, I do want to point out, I've noticed this twice now, whenever he has gone from acting like a normal human to showing that he is a actual guardian risen, he stands straight up. Because he understands that we naturally have this tendency to hunch over. Whereas, I mean, you could see it when, you know, when you go in with your fire team and it shows everyone, I mean, they are straight postured, you know? Yeah. So I, I like how the writing even has that little um, differentiation in there. Um, and I just wanted to remember to say that before we got into, like, literally all of the other craziness of life. Yeah, um, that's actually something else that had been mentioned in one of the um, the web lore entries. Um, he snuck into the Praxic um, labs. Mm-hmm. And snuck into the consensus, and like he, he's all about making him like getting in to places that he's not supposed to, so that he can get an advantage. Yeah. And 
he changes his posture. He changes his gait. Like, he yeah, he's very like versatile. On. He understands. Yeah. And I can honestly see, like, it's kind of funny though because, you know, I remember back to Eva Levante referring to him as like kind of a con artist, mm-hmm. and like that's a very like con artisty thing to have. Whether he's using it for good or bad is, you know, maybe up to others' discretion. <laughs> but yeah. I find it interesting now that I know like all of this. Like, I feel like Eva was very accurate in that description. She was accurate in the description. But whether he is to be trusted or not is yes, a whole that other is very story. different. But a con artist is the kind of person who can put on whole other personalities down to the change of like the way they walk. And that's very similar here. Now, I want to get into, because I feel like if you and Hyven were talking, there'd be like a lot more to unpack here right at the end. So please explain. Okay. So... Because I know there's like hardcore importance and my brain is trying to connect dots and I need assistance. <laughs> so, um, we find out through the conversation that one of the iron decrees is that final deaths to Risen is a no-no. Yeah. Ghosts are no-no. not a target. Yeah. And also you can't use lightless individuals, which is also against what he did. Like he did right. a lot of no-nos. Tried him. Right. Now, my question is, does Lord Dryden become someone else in the future, or does Feltwinter become somebody else in the future? Do they go by another name in the future? No. After this battle goes down. So, I'm going to preface this by saying that Lord Saladin is known as the last Iron Lord. And that is because all the other ones perished. Um, that being said... Wait, isn't Shax a lord? No, he's not. Never mind. Shax is a warlord. Okay. Well, was. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> lore bomb dropped. Because uh, <laughs> that was actually just revealed, like, this past season. Okay. That he was actually... I guess what I'm trying to get at is... Okay, is there anything more about Dryden or Felwinter? Do either of them tie in anywhere to Dredge and Yor? No. Okay. But Dredge and Yor is why the other lords perished, right? Is he no. the one who killed them? No. Uh, that's actually a separate story that ties in later on. Okay, because it's my understanding that Dredgen killed people during, like, what, Crucible, Iron Banner, something like that? Yeah. And, like, kills them for good. Right. Which is why that's where I was getting some of this confusion. So what you're referring to happens like after the city is formed. Gotcha. Okay. Everything that's happening here is before the city. Yeah. Pre-city. Okay. Yeah. Now, do we ever get cards about this going down? Felt winter killing Dryden? No. But... Do we have information about like We've, Dryden being dismantled from his like high place? I I I don't recall anything about Dryden actually. So like he might have already been dead. Yeah, the only actual mentions are in this lore book. I would really love some more lore on Dryden and what happens after this and basically like the ginormous scandal of it all. 
Well, so I'm, I'm going to pose this. Um, this is the only time that we actually hear about Dryden, mm-hmm. but we hear a lot more about Felwinter later so on. So we know Dryden died. <laughs> and considering the very last line is, call Lord Dryden, prepare my Iron Banner arsenal. Yeah, like we're going to ambush him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Draw what you will from that. Yeah, that's so crazy. I feel so bad for the drifter right now. Well, and like... Like he trusted Dryden and then found out that Dryden like betrayed everything that was good and everything he was supposed to stand for. And like, I feel so bad for drifter. And it's like you can understand kind of like why he hates being immortal because all he's seeing around him is death. Well, and and so in the very first episode that Hyven and I did, we talked or we did the lore book, you know, A Drifter's Gambit. Mm -hmm. And it talked about how he went to some planet or moon and like he was looking for ways to combat light. Yeah. Honestly, at first when he went up to Feltwinter, I thought he was going to ask him to kill his own ghost so he could die. I wasn't expecting all that. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting, but. I just wasn't expecting all this other stuff. It's kind of crazy. This is a really good lore book. Shout out to the Twitter um, followers, not the Twitter, because I don't don't say that, (laughs) but to all of our Twitter followers who picked this. I'm just like, I just, I'm so, the crazy thing is now I'm going to probably go have like 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour of just like back Talking and forth with Hyven. With Hyven. Yeah. Pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like the writing for him, for, for this character is just amazing because mm-hmm. before actually reading this, you thought of him as a snake, as a con man and. And he, snake, he is. So you can't fault us for that. <laughs> it's not his symbol. Whatever, the gambit symbol. You want to touch so hard on that. I do. I really do. If there's something else that explains it, you have to wait, young man. I know. It's hysterical. Know. I'm 23 and he's 30, so. <laughs> but it's not his symbol. He borrowed it. Okay, well, it's the symbol that we associate him with. Maybe he should have picked yeah. a better symbol. No, it's happen. it's more like he chose it for sentimental reasons, and I have my own theories on that. Okay. <laughs> we'll cover it. Don't yeah. worry. We'll cover it. Oh, I know we will. Ecdysis. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, but no, I can stop and we will stop because this is the end of this episode, but I meant the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So I just, yeah, I think my brain can't handle anything else. And And and, yeah. I'm just going to go hug one of my puppies and feel better about life. (laughs) So crazy. The only other thing that I wanted to point out before we actually go to shout outs and all that. When he calls out his ghost, it actually says his only friend in the world. 
materialized out mm-hmm. of the air. Because he can't get too close to anybody because eventually they all die. And his but life like, is sad and lonely. But like it, everywhere else that we hear about his relationship with this ghost, it's like they're constantly at odds or like long-term marriage man Drifter hates him <laughs> or like like yeah it, it's but just... it's true i mean i don't think he would say that this is a friendship based out of mutual love and trust but more of a friendship that just like well, this little effer made me live forever and now he's the only thing that's ever gonna be here forever with me so <laughs> yeah i mean friends woo you know <laughs> He's not like, yeah. OMG, besties, be my maid of honor. Yeah. No. <laughs> Although, if Ephrodite ever comes around, he might just need that best man. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Actually, there there is a, another, but it, later. Late. Yeah. Later. All right, we're going to move into shout outs before you freak out. Yeah. You go first. <laughs> That's probably best. Um, so first shout out always Ishtar Collective. They helped me get show notes ready, whether they realize it or not. <laughs> um, and second shout out, my brother just got done with finals. Yay! Yeah. All super excited for Elvis brother. And, and like, <laughs> I, I, I keep poking at him like, so. When are you going to find out about your, your grades? When are you going to find out? And considering one of his classes, like the day before f- the actual final, the professor stood up in front of the class and was like, I expect to fail at least 60% of you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, like, no pressure or anything. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does he have another year after this? This is third year, right? Another semester. Oh, all right. Not so as almost bad. there. Is he taking the summer off? I believe so. Awesome. And then you guys have a little wedding coming up next month. Yeah. I'm so excited for your family. This is such a fun time. Yeah. Like, I'm excited. I don't even know any of your family, and I'm excited for them. It, right? <laughs> At this point, you and Hyven are family adjacent you know yeah we're your virginia family (laughs) because the rest of your family is on the friggin west coast yeah yeah like if you went to the hospital hyven and i would totally like be there like that's just how that works you know oh absolutely yeah i mean shoot you and callie are both from california well kona too but you know you've met her and (laughs) you guys are basically best friends like that's my kid you can be Uncle Elemis to Hi- to Callie and Kona. <laughs> but so in line with that, my shout out is to my podcast host, even though Hyven isn't here. Um, yeah, I love my podcast host, you guys. I mean, what you hear on this is so real. It's so genuine. Like, this is just, this is just us. We love doing this. And we love that you guys actually enjoy listening to it because it's so much fun for us. And today was weird doing it without Hyven, but yeah. I had such a fun time with this just being the gang, you know. This it's, should be the gang. 
Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but um, I don't know, you know, 23 episodes. What has it been? Like eight months since all of this started back in October. It's just yeah. been, it's been such a fun ride. And I'm glad that it doesn't show any signs of stopping anytime soon. And I'm glad you guys are still enjoying it. Um, you know, we'd be here doing it even without you guys, but we've said it before. It's it's nice that other people enjoy it too and that we're able to bring a little something to other people who love this community as much as we do. You know, just like Hyven talked about last week, you know, me as someone who's not a gamer at all is able to find such love in this community uh, just through this one particular part of lore and love the game because of it. Um, and love the creators because of that and, and find family like Elemist and, um, and enjoy it with family, family as well, because as many of you know, um, a lot of their clan mates that Hyven has and Elemist has played with are actually also some of my family. Uh, so yeah, family is a big deal to me. And so it's nice to have, uh, more. Hey, me too. (laughs) I love it. I love this. Same. So, we'll see you guys next week. And um, hopefully Hyven will be back with us. We'll discuss which which lore book we're going to be doing, if we're going to do something else off the poll, or if we're going to put up a new poll. But we'll definitely let you guys know um, on the Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Because I know your every day and every move hangs on what I tweet. <laughs> hey, ha- have you seen my response times? Like, Right. I think Elemis has it set up for like notifications just for when I tweet things. I don't even know if that's a thing on Twitter. Uh, but if it is, he's got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So we'll keep you guys posted. Um, we love you guys. This was fun for us. So thanks for listening. Um, as always, follow us on Twitter. Send hate mail to our email. <laughs> <laughs> and drop a review on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast. And um, yeah. And heck, if there's a topic that you guys want us to cover and we're not, you know, it's not on the poll or anything. just Why aren't they getting to this? Just message us. I mean. Yeah, seriously. At this like, point. We're not super confined to any set schedule really <laughs> except for when takes the bus to and from work so he, it, he just does show notes then yeah. <laughs> yeah like i i just sit there with my little chromebook and i'm like all right boom knock him out done <laughs> yeah but yeah so let us know um, yeah, I'm assuming what you're about to say, as long as we're not in some kind of like four part series, but yeah. even still afterwards, we can always get it covered. And right now, um, I don't think we have any plans for any four part series. I know we're probably going to be doing the dreaming city at some point, um, because that does tie into the rest of Mara's story, but we definitely wanted to get into some of this new lore. Um, so that's kind of what we're focused on right now. Having two months of just awoken. I, I think, you know, I need a little bit of a break, need a, need a break. Yeah, like I, as much as I love the story, I'm just like, my brain can't handle anymore. I definitely needed this like drifter episode. It was good. And I think I need a couple more before you go into Dreaming City. Um, So if you guys have any like, this is my favorite. I love it. And if it's Dreaming City, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait like a month or two. (laughs) (laughs) 
will get to it though, you guys. We will. Um, but yeah, let us know because you know, like the guys have favorites, but I don't really have favorites. Everything we read is fresh for me. Um, so I'd love to hear what your guys' favorites are and why, honestly. Um, and uh, maybe they'll become new favorites of mine. Obviously, you know, Ava Levante, she's always, she's always going to be my number one. My ride or die. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Take care. Bum, bum, bum. Goodbye. <laughs> Callie's looking ferociously right now. I don't think it can be heard, so we're good. And actually... Oh, Amy. Like... Are we talking about it, the drifter? It... Is this about the drifter? Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll let just off the title. But, like, I feel like the A and the the in the title kept flip-flopping or something. Like, my brain just kept not dealing with it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get this thing going. Yep, yep, yep. Monster's walking back in. Let's just make sure she's not doing anything incredibly crazy. Callie, calm down. Can you please stop looking? Kona, I swear to God, if you squat and pee. Kona, go party. Kona, I'm watching you. Kona, if you've got to go party, you go in the box. Kona, 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 what are you doing? Okay, you're going to go to the couch now? Whatever. I'm just going to start this. Um, she's ah. adorable. Oh, hey. Hey. Guys. Look. Just because your father's not in the podcast this week does not mean you need to make up for it. Okay? <laughs> Cali cat. Cali cat. Cali cat. Come on. Shh. Hey, why are you growling? There's literally nothing happening. Find your zen, Cali. Right? <laughs> Find your zen. Okay. So anyways. Little old lady. <laughs> oh, gosh. We've lived in this apartment for Callie's entire life, and she doesn't seem to understand the concept that other people live here. <laughs> I hear other people in my house. Right? Basically. Pe- probably know it's... <sighs> She's just freaking out. Oh, I said his name. <laughs> I'll bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> At least she waited me for me to pause. That was an awesome first bullet point. Right? First bullet point. Callie Barks. Moving on. <laughs> I said moving on, Callie. That means you stop. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> he's like not feeling well and he's got a headache too. So he's like, I can take him. And I was like, no, I'll keep him out here. Because like they're just going to piss him off. I just know it. Like both of them. Yeah. Ona's being calm right now. That could always change. Anyways, okay. Hold on, I'm going to pause for a second. Baby, you can make some noise to get whatever you need. Okay. Yes. I'm going to try and heat up some food to eat something. No, no problem. We'll take a pause so you can do that. No, but you're going to use the microwave. I just don't want you to have to, like, creep around. You already know, Phil. I know, and it was free. Yeah, feel good on your belly. I know, especially because, like, when your mom was like, I've got a different way, and it's more back-roady and twisty and turny. I was like, great.
<laughs> but that was that was I don't normally get cars sick like that either. But that was a road. She was like, I know a shortcut. And we were like, the GPS keeps adding time, so I don't um Um it's good. I don't think I don't think shortcuts work the way you think they work. <laughs> uh just to validate that's actually um, we're just finishing the last tab for stuff you may have missed in Bethany. Um, yes, that's the next tab. Yeah. Yeah. Internet. If you decide to join, even halfway through, just let us know. You'd be like, plot twist, here's Hyven. Just make sure that if you do join, that you're actually feeling up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Alma says don't push yourself. Do it if you're feeling up to it, but not because you feel like you have to. Your health no, is I mean, important. Definitely push the poops out if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. No, don't you dare drink a beer right now. Oh good. We've still got some of that digestion tea you can make. Ugh, only water. You know, I was actually thinking of ordering something. It might be. When's that the first time it stopped you from eating something expired, though? Risk it for the biscuit. I said risk it for the biscuit. I don't know. I was thinking, actually, of ordering some food. What time is it? Now I have a theory on why his... uh. Because he eats expired food. <laughs> he's like, maybe that's why he's sick. <laughs> he hasn't eaten any expired food lately. It's kind of just like the running joke because in the past he's eaten a lot of expired food. I know. Should really go to the store or something. I know. I'm proud of you for not eating corn dogs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> She didn't break the entire time I was on the phone. What a crazy second I come back to podcasting. Right. Like crazy. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's crazy because it's like more advanced than our normal like picnic that we do because it's a full on anniversary party thing and like it's a surprise and there's like a lot to do and we're in like crunch time because it's like the week before. Sorry. Callie! Shut your mouth. The droop. This guardian is very... <laughs> I caught myself. Honey, you came over here with a toy. Did you lose it on your way? Yeah, you did. Do you want a toy? Oh, you sweet girl. You've already eaten all the squeakers out of it, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> all right, let me pause and then we'll go. Speaking of eating weird things, my dog is pissed at me right now because I won't let her chew on her own empty dog bowl. <laughs> Well, now she sees that you have it, so obviously there might be food. No, I took it from her because she makes too much noise with it. And like everything else I don't want her to have, I'm going to shove it in the couch. <laughs> I mean, gets pissed when he finds a bunch of random things in the couch. <laughs> um, Kona, what do you have in your mouth? <laughs> Probably something you don't want her to have. Probably. Give me that. Just fuzz and plastic mixed together. Always a good nighttime treat. <laughs> nope. Mess that up too. Ugh. Gotta get comfortable. 
sitting like oh, right on the crack between two cushions. I keep falling. Okay. That's what my... about your crack? You know, my crack's <laughs> on the crack, and then we're just all falling into the crack and crack cocaine. No big deal. <laughs> the third warlord submachine weapon fired a spray of bullets that hammered the floor as Aphrodite. 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 I keep wanting to call her Aphrodite. <laughs> we'll say it again. Aphrodite. 